You can see that Bull Levi Mitchell and the Calgary Stampeders have not played in a very, very, very long time. So in that time, they've gotten rusty. They've gotten complacent. And the Godfathers figured them out. The Godfather's going to run Jonathan Jennings up the middle so many times their heads are going to spin. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Every week, John John Fraser. Fraser. To me, if this isn't rock bottom for the Bombers, I don't know what is. And Travis Curra. Who would win between the world's fastest cow, the CFL Rabbit, or Brandon Banks? We'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Bad pizza's better than good salad, right? It's true. It, it, it really is. Just like bad wings are, are better than most anything in the world. Can't forget the nonsense. Ready, set, hook. And it is episode 61 of the Two and Out CFL podcast with Fraser and Kura. Fraser, welcome back to the show. Canadian Bowl happened over the weekend. Uh, let's uh, talk about that experience, shall we? Well, put it this way. Victoria is one of my favorite cities in Canada. And the group of the, the guys of the Saskatoon Hilltops, from the coaches, the players, to everybody, you couldn't be around a better group of, of grown-ass men and young men as well. I, I got to say, you know what, that organization welcomes me into the clubhouse. I, I feel like a part of the team every single year. They give me unprecedented access, and it's just awesome. I mean, to see, to see those guys go out and succeed yet again, and they won three in a row. No team's ever won four in a row, but I can tell you they're absolutely prepared to, to do that. So Saturday was awesome. That West Shore Rebels team, all the kudos in the world to them. That is a talented bunch of football players. And if you get a chance, uh, the West Shore Rebels actually put up on YouTube uh, the highlights from the game. You can see just the performance from the Hilltops there, specifically out of guys like Logan Fisher, who had nearly 250 combined yards. You can see the 105-yard kickoff return touchdown by Josh Iwanchina. See Jared Anderchuk win in his final CJFL start, moving to 9-0 and as a playoff starter. He's got four rings. He's got five fingers. Guy's got four rings. It's uh, <laughs> not a bad way to be. So, And, and, and again, just, just get to be a part of that 19th National Championship was so cool. And city of Victoria, West Shore, great host all the way. My voice is still beat up a couple of days later, but a big part of that was the celebration we had afterwards where actually I think I've entered Canadian Bowl lore as the first man to ever be hit in the face with the Canadian Bowl. <laughs> I have a shiner and you a cut on my nose shiner? right now. We need a photo of this. Uh, oh, no, there's a photo. I'll send it to you so we can put it up on the Twitter account. <laughs> so what happened was we went back. We had a room reserved at our hotel for, you know, either a drown your sorrows or celebrate your face-off party. Um, so we got there, and with the Canadian Bowl, we decided, all right, if we're all going to go drink out of it, let's move this outside. So we moved outside our hotel, and as tradition is, every year, you know, they the boys all sit there with the Canadian Bowl, fill it full of beer, and they chant the name of the guy whose turn it is. Right? How many beers does it fit? Um, I think at one point, me and three players all poured full beers in there. So it's about four beers. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> so we, so the chance started and then finally gets to be my turn. So they all call me radio, right? I mean, I'm a radio guy and of course, uh, apparently something to do with a movie the by movie. the same name. <laughs> so I get the radio, radio, and I grab the bull and a couple of the players, I believe uh, one of them was fullback Colin Stumberg, tips this thing back. I get showered in beer, drink as much as I can, and they hand it to me, and I'm going nuts. So the Canadian Bull Trophy is a cup on top, and it's a long, uh, large base, a similar, large wooden base. I would say similar to the NLS Champions Cup if you've seen it. Okay, so I'm yeah. holding, I'm holding this thing. 
And I'm kind of going, woo, like celebrating with the trophy. <laughs> and then I go to hand it to the next guy. So thankfully, my glasses are already in my pocket. So I hand the ball to the next player or the trophy to the next player. And I thought he had it. He thought I had it. Um, oh, turns no. Turns out uh, I had my hand at the bottom of the wood base. At the top, I let my left hand off. The, the Canadian Bowl fell backwards. The silver trophy <laughs> hit me right in the orbital bone. And, and I didn't notice anything. I'm like, woo! Hey, guys, I got to hit the face with the trophy. So one of the trainers actually sees me a couple minutes later. Her name's Allison. And she's like, uh, hey, radio, uh, you're bleeding. <laughs> I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, you're bleeding. I'm like, is it bad? And, of course, my blood had been thinned by booze. And <laughs> needless to say, didn't need stitches or nothing. But uh, here I am. My face hurts a couple of days later. And I'm working on a pretty good shiner now after a couple of days. Who says radio isn't a glamorous business? Hey, hey, you get to drink out of a national championship trophy without breaking a sweat. Although I guess I did do a lot of stairs this year. So I got kind of sweaty. So, I mean, <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, congratulations again to the Saskatoon Hilltops. It was a great weekend uh, for Canadian football, which we will uh, get into right now. In the Huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two and Out Podcast. It is brought to you by Bomb Energy Drink, drinkbomb.com. Check them out. They're from Hamilton, Canadian energy drink. They taste absolutely awesome. I know I'm nursing a shiner for not getting nominated in the final four for the CFL Twitter Awards. Well, well, I think the CFL Twitter Awards kind of said that you can't go back-to-back like Joe Carter 92-93 or Jordan 96-97. Ah, so we're giving out participation awards now. No, we're giving. Uh, oh, well, that's it. You know, it just let's face it. We got to be fair to somebody else because if we were in the category again, we all know who would win. But like I said before, you look at the candidates that are out there, and a vote for the Eskimo Empire podcast is basically a vote for us because I think Andrew's actually done more pods than I have in the past six, uh, six weeks. I think Andrew is humble enough to maybe share a little bit of the pie with us. What what kind of pie would the CFL Twitter Awards pie be? What do you think? Ooh, I think a delicious warm apple pie with some ice cream on the top that melts just a little bit to that perfect little temperature. I'm thinking about maybe some Saskatoon berry pie. No, I'm going to go with warm apple pie. Cause it, you know what? Because warm apple pie tastes like success. <laughs> and this week's Bomb of the Week, maybe it's a little bit different. Uh, we're recording this Monday night. We got word, I guess Friday, that uh, the CFL will be making a quote-unquote major announcement in Regina Tuesday afternoon. So I don't know if that's going to be the Bomb of the Week. It could be. Uh, we I think know from the amount of buzz that it's created, and I think this is another, as most things will be during the postseason, a relatively slow news week. So I would concur that, you know, whenever the CFL teases a major announcement, it's it's going to catch the eyes and ears. They do a really good job of that. I just hope it's not like remember a couple of years back, or was it before this season or last season when they? they I think it was last week. season. What you're talking about. Well, they made this huge thing. We got a major announcement coming. The commissioner's here. We're going to carry this announcement <laughs> live on tsn.ca. And it turns out, and oh, hey, Shaw's going to present the Grey Cup. And I remember I was so pissed off 
because I had to work late because of that, that I remember oh, no. I slammed my computer. I remember just storming out of the office because there's no benefit for us as a radio station that no. gets our money from advertisers to promote the fact that Shaw's the new sponsor of the Grey Cup. To be honest, we don't give a f- <laughs> To be completely honest, and I had to stay late for that crap. So, I mean, good, good for Shaw. They, they. I mean, they've been doing well with the you know uh, team Shaw, the CFL oh, yeah. players and, and stuff. But this isn't a slight on Shaw yeah, at all. Yeah. I, I love you know what I, I love their branding. Uh, you know. You're right. The Team Shaw stuff, they've worked it in really well. You can tell they've become more than just a name yeah, on a sponsor, yeah. right? It's, it's been really good. But like I said, for me to make a guy stay late because of that is like our uh, – so just, just – I don't have to work late tomorrow for this announcement. I'll still be intrigued what it is. Um, I was just on the sports case. Now, this is the one that's 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 intriguing me. The first thing, of course, you hear major announcement. You hear Regina. You hear new stadium. Everybody thinking it's the Grey Cup. Yeah, in multiple sources, uh, I think Lee Jones uh, from CTV Regina, the first to say, no, it's not the Grey Cup. Well, it was either him or our friend, a friend of the show, Joel Gass in a three-down yeah. nation. They were both kind of simultaneous. Both of them said, you know what, guys, this isn't the Grey Cup coming. And I, I know lots of people are still wearing their tinfoil hat and saying, well, <laughs> well what, if, what, what could it possibly be? Um, it's not, hey, Ryder Nation, make a relax. It's not the Grey Cup. Yet. It's not, it's, it's, <laughs> yet, exactly. Let's face it. they got to go to Hamilton before they come back to Regina. I'm sure somewhere, and they have to go back to Toronto again in the next few years. So they're going to Ottawa next year. Hamilton, Toronto, <laughs> Regina. No, Boom, come on. It's, Toronto's getting... <laughs> 15 out of the next 16 Grey Cups. <laughs> yeah, I think that was in the sale deal in there. But but if you remember, and, and I don't know why this caught this caught my attention, but I remember reading an article on Three Down Nation of Justin Dunks that he came out and said, hey, listen, um, the CFL Combine is likely coming to Regina. Is Justin Dunk like the Perez Hilton of the CFL? <laughs> he, he knows all <laughs> I wouldn't call him the Perez Hilton. I would call him like the, oh, he's like the Ken Rosenthal of the CFL. Okay, yeah, yeah, if, I can if, get behind if, that. If he says Without it, the bow ties? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Justin needs more bow ties. And, and, and he needs clearly needs a lower voice, too. <laughs> I feel like we. I, I'd love to have Justin Dunk on one day, but yeah. I feel like him and I would have to start the interview with a low voice off. <laughs> hey, Justin, how's it going? Pretty good, John. How are you? Oh, I'm excellent. What's the latest in the CFL? Oh, I can use some I, pitch win. bender on your voice. I can help you. I'm the editing master here. Uh, you know what? I like it. You can make it sound like I win. Because I know I wouldn't. So either way, Justin Dunk tweets out an article. He had them three down. So then I go on the sports cage with Rod Peterson. By the way, a must listen if you're a sports fan. 620 CKRM. And, you know, every couple of weeks Rod has me on to talk football, lacrosse, all the kind of good things, right? So Rod and I are talking. Near the end of my interview, I say to him, he, he talks about the announcement and says, you know, you can listen to it live here on the sports cage at 4 o'clock. We're going to have all everybody involved on. And I said, oh, can I make a guess? And he says, yeah, sure. What do you think? And I said, is it the combine? And he goes, you're not completely right. So he didn't say the com- combine was wrong, but he indicated that there was a little more to it. So now, okay, I'm just, hear me out here, Trav. Okay. Hear me out on this one. And of course, by the time you hear this, you'll probably know what it is. 
absolutely. Because let's face it, who's going to listen? But if but if I nail this, I'm going to look like some sort of prophet. That's why I want it on the record. Yes. Okay. This is on Monday, November fourteenth. Okay. At uh, <laughs> what what time? It's about seven forty my time, six forty your time. The super moon is in the sky. That's right. Um, I'm watching the Monday night football game between the New York Giants and the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals. They're singing an anthem right now with a giant American-shaped American flag, and I'm surprised a bald eagle someplace isn't crying. I'm actually wearing pants. That, okay, now I'm thrown off. <laughs> but my bold prediction is I think, yes, the CFL Combine itself is going to come to Regina, but... I also think, and this is just, I haven't heard any sources, this is pure guesswork, but to me, I think the CFL is going to make a bigger deal out of the draft, and they're going to do it in Regina. I could see them going to something like the NFL, the well, every single pro sport, I can't think of a single pro sports league out there that still does their draft via conference call like the CFL does. Yeah. I mean, the National Lacrosse League does an in-person draft in Toronto every year. The NHL, the NBA, MLB, and I get it. Like, because of the cost of, of, of travel and things like that, it might not be the easiest to have your sixth, seventh round picks there. But a lot of times, the stuff that isn't televised in the other drafts, those guys aren't there anyways. They right. kind of tell the top ten guys show up. So I have a bold prediction. That on top of the combine moving to Regina, you're also going to see the draft itself held in Regina and have a look much more similar to the NFL draft or the National Lacrosse League draft where you have the teams all in one place, all at tables. They can talk. They can negotiate trades. You have some of the top players on hand to walk up on stage, get their jersey, get their hat. Maybe you do it like the NFL where you invite fans inside. And, you know, I'm just thinking to myself, like, if if you're the CFL and there might be conflicts with, you know, the Regina Pats in a Memorial Cup run, but I think of a venue like the Brandt Center. Yeah, you know it fits about six thousand people, five to six thousand people. You get the floor down there. You set up a nice stage. You can open up, you know, room for one to two thousand fans to yeah, come. Yeah, I and think take Edmonton, in. like Edmonton, has a Shaw Conference Center, like a mid-sized venue like that. I think it would be really cool, and I, I really hope it's fan-driven because apparently, like season ticket holders of the Riders got this notice on Friday. Interesting. And they're allowing about a hundred fans into the bar where the announcement is. So Interesting. I, I hope it's a fan-driven thing. I mean, the You Can Play team, uh, they've put out a tweet today saying that there's going to be a big announcement from them tomorrow. I don't know if it's the same thing. I, I, I really hope it's fan-driven, though. Maybe it's part and parcel, though, because, I mean, Maybe. honestly, like, for the, for the record, too, I love absolutely everything that the You Can Play team does. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's one of the strongest organizations to get behind in sports or in, in charities these days. And maybe it is something. Maybe that y- you can play has has something to do with this whole new draft thing. And I I hope that's part of it. Maybe maybe they'll be giving out the you can play hats as the as the draft hats or something. I I don't know. This is again a hundred percent pure speculation on our part, but. That's that's kind of my guess. I I think that they're going to move to a bigger respectable because the thing is too is if you want if you want to go to a place where there's established fan interest, what better place than Regina? Yeah, and I I also thought are are they going to announce something regarding the opening week of the season next year uh, with the home opener being on the 150th anniversary of Confederation or something like that? That 
that would be also be interesting. But do you think that they'd fly the whole crew in there for something like that? No, I don't. So that's uh, it's interesting. Uh, I, I'm intrigued. Uh, I will say that if it's the Grey Cup post game show sponsored by the Canadian Brew House. I might flip a table. Oh, man. Uh, and watch and, the great I, cup at the Canadian Brew House. House. But if this is all over a sponsorship announcement, a table's getting flipped in the basement. <laughs> I am going to find a table somewhere that I can flip to. I'm going to home hardware right after this show. You uh, know what I will do? I and, and will and I'll find some way to to videotape it, but I will actually um go on a rampage and probably <laughs> toss some of my son's toys around or something. I want to see this so, so bad. Uh, if, it's, if it's a sponsorship <laughs> announcement, you're going to, my friend. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Now, coming up this weekend, of course, we've got the East and West Finals. It is the Red Blacks and the Eskimos uh, kicking things off. It is also the Stampeders and the uh, Lions. You have to think that the Stamps have no injuries uh, left after being off for about six months. And uh, <laughs> the, the Lions, though, there's a big injury. Uh, Manny Arsenault, who hurt his ankle and then... Got hit hard by Taylor Loeffler. Knocked him out. He's under concussion protocol, so it'll be tough for him to get on the field this week. Uh, we will see uh, if he can. I hope he can. The guy, the guy's a great player. And Mike Riley, of course. Did you? Well, Mike Riley's already come out and said he's going to. Yeah, play. he will play. We do know that it's his non-throwing arm, so that's good news for Edmonton. Fans. Have you seen the video? Uh, TSN had it at the end of our at the end of its highlight package last night of Manny Arsenault addressing the team. He was in tears. Yeah, and oh, it was. Uh, he's clearly a leader in BC, and uh, you could tell. The uh, I think Terrell Singfield gave him a shout out on the sideline uh, after he was down. So uh, you know they they wanted to win that game and finish it off for him. Uh, hopefully, he can get on the field against Calgary. Well, he's one of those guys that I don't think he really has to practice. If he's no. healthy, just put him in there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's a physical presence on the field, and the, the Lions offense is that much better with him in there. Now, uh, we will get to the two semifinal games from this past weekend. Uh, I do want to talk about uh, CIS slash U Sports, though. We did talk about uh, the Canadian Bowl. We had uh, four games over the weekend, and uh, what, three of them were decided in the last 30 seconds? Three of them decided by a field goal. Absolutely incredible. Incredible football, man. Unbelievable, man. I got to say, with some of the comebacks you saw and some of the trickery you saw in these games, if you don't... Like, this was a football fan's dream this weekend. All of those oh, yeah. sports games were unbelievable. The CFL games were... You know what? You and I rag on the league quite a bit, and we take shots, but man, was that... And as we've always said, you know, we've always taken shots at the off-the-field issues and some of the things they do, but on the field, well, it's been great football this year, and that was once again exemplified over the weekend. I got to say, the crazy thing from the U Sport uh, Conference Finals was in Quebec. Did you see the trick play that won them the game? Oh, <laughs> Laval, yeah. Laval. So Laval's quarterback <laughs> walks up. He starts in the shotgun, walks up to the line of scrimmage, acts like he's calling an audible. It's a direct snap to the running back who then hands it off to the wide receiver who's coming on a jet sweep. Well, the quarterback goes from <laughs> acting like, oh, what am I doing here? Sneaks in behind the coverage, jogs to the end zone. Wide receiver rolls to the near side of the field and lobs a pretty decent pass right to the quarterback 
catches it, touchdown, Laval is on to the national semifinals. Wow. Uh, unbelievable. Yes, the UTEC Bowl uh, will be happening this Saturday. You can actually watch it on Sportsnet 360. About damn time that games were on national TV. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Laurier and Laval. And then uh, the Mitchell Bowl actually happening in Calgary. This is going to be a good weekend of football uh, if you live in Calgary, man. Uh, the Dinos home to St. FX. Uh, that's also on TV, Sportsnet 360 on Saturday. And then the Stamps home to the Lions. So so uh, that's a good weekend to live in Calgary if you're a football fan. Oh, and, and go to the games. I mean, anybody that hasn't been to a U-Sports game before, trust me, the level of football is, is reaching an all-time high. You know what? They're putting players in the CFL constantly. It's fast, it's physical, and it's really, really good. So I highly recommend you go check it out if, if you're anywhere near either of the national semifinals this weekend. And maybe this is a perfect time to uh, start to make the draft more of, a, of a, an event because look at these games, man. Well, absolutely, but I think you run into the problem where you know, you're in a situation where TSN is your lone rights holder. Yeah, yeah. But Sportsnet owns the rights to the CIS. And I personally, I do think, I love a lot of what Sportsnet does, but I do think they underutilize their CIS rights badly. It's I couldn't watch that. I couldn't watch uh, this weekend's games. I, I was looking for it on uh, on the old guide, and I wanted to watch them bad. And the, it was all incredible football. It feels like a missed opportunity a bit. But I mean, they a had absolutely, the, especially when you have how many feeds. Yeah, they got their hand in the uh, in the hockey pot though, and Saturday's a big day. <laughs> no, and absolutely, but I mean, you're telling me that you couldn't and hockey and curling and all that stuff. You're telling me you couldn't slide, you know, one game at least to Sportsnet 360, or even even yeah. do what they've started doing a little bit with curling. Put it on your put it on Sportsnet now, so at least the person can watch it online on their laptop or something. Absolutely, this agreement with Sportsnet does run through 2018 slash 2019, so. Uh, We'll see what happens after that. That I think that's going to be an interesting deal when it comes around. Well, I, I'm with you because I think you're in a spot, and there's great people I know locally here in Saskatoon. Uh, somebody I know with the Huskies, uh, David Dubay, who's working very hard with uh, another friend of ours, Jim Mullen, uh, to try to really bring national exposure to the CIS across the nation and get it on national television. So I think you know you got guys like that, and, and they're not the only ones across the country. They just happen to be the ones that I know. But I'd love to see them succeed in that goal. And I mean, how much sense would it make to have? You know, where you're in a spot where you've got like a Friday night and a lot of U-Sport games are on Friday night. Toss a Friday night game on there as part of your doubleheader or tripleheader on Friday night football. I mean, we can watch every American college game, but we can't watch, you know, U-Sports games. And that to me yeah. is a little bananas. All right, let's uh, recap semifinal Sunday. Time for the Fantasy Expose on the 2 and Out podcast. All right. Well, I uh, rolled with Jeremiah Johnson on DraftKings, so I'm a happy guy today. I do have to give a shout-out. Uh, congratulations to the Rouge Radio Boys for crushing us in uh, the final of the CFL Podcast Family Fantasy League. We yeah, had them in week one. In hurry. Yeah, we had them in week one, but then the Bombers decided to beat Ottawa. So uh, Wally sent out Jennings and Manny Arsenal out there, and they crushed the Riders and crushed our fantasy team in the last week of the season. 
Yeah, you know what, though? If we're going to lose to any crew out there, you know, I got all the respect for those guys. And, and and the Onside Fantasy Podcast as well. Same crew that does both of those. So congratulations uh, to those guys. Also, uh, there's the Onside Fantasy Podcast up for the uh, this year's uh, favorite podcast account with the CFL Twitter Awards. They are. So uh, make sure you follow at CFLT Awards. Make your vote in that for your favorite podcast account. So the Eskimos win. Uh, well, that the- is favorite podcast that isn't us because we can't be nominated <laughs> twice in a row. The East 74- So like your second favorite podcast. <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll say that. The second best podcast account. Uh, this is East semifinal. The Eskimos beat... Uh, the Tiger Cats, 24, 21, 903,000 Canadians, uh, an average of that, watched this game. And, man, uh, I think a lot of people thought the Esks were going to stomp Hamilton. But you can't count out a team led by uh, Zach Kalaros and Kent Austin. Actually, I see a lot of Tiger Cat fans crapping on both of those individuals. And some of them suggesting uh, suggesting that uh, Zach Caleros, th- they should cut cut their losses and move on. I, I find that crazy, man. I don't what, care. What is it? Okay, people are stupid. Well, people uh, are stu- no, but people are. I, I just mean, come think on. the emotions. Like, no, 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 no. People are stupid. People that look at these established starting quarterbacks are among the best in the league and decide that oh yeah, we should really get rid of this guy are stupid. You don't win in the CFL without a great quarterback. Zach Caleros is a great quarterback. It's the same situation that's happening with Darian Durant in Saskatchewan right now. As I said on the sports cage, do you really think Mitchell Gale is going to open New Mosaic Stadium? Mitchell Gale's a decent young quarterback and a good human being, but if you go into next year, at, if you're Saskatchewan, Mitchell Gale is your starting quarterback, bye-bye playoffs again, bye-bye yep. excitement at New Mosaic Stadium. Yep. So you know what? Cut, you know what, Hamilton fans, go ahead, cut Zach Caleros. There's, it's not like every other team in the league wouldn't want him. Toronto would, Montreal would, Winnipeg would, Saskatchewan would take him right now. I mean, come on. Hamilton this year was so beat up that they were, I believe they were probably about one or two injuries away yeah. from having to sign half of the Windsor AKO Fratmen <laughs> of the Canadian Junior Football League's roster. I'm pretty sure it got about that bad. That or the London Beef Eaters. One of those, I'm pretty sure they nearly had Beef Eaters in their lineup they got that's so a team up. that would probably sign me the beef eaters uh, no 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 it's it's not the donair eaters okay okay <laughs> <laughs> so dude, i i i think caleros has the opportunity i mean he has mop potential to be yes. m- most outstanding player in the league and he's been beat up his offensive line wasn't there this year, he didn't get himself a full training camp. He, really, his, he's his receivers a, were weren't carousel there receivers. Like, I mean, uh, you, you saw in the game how many free shots did Dion Lacy have at Zach Caleros? I don't care if you're Tony Stark in the Iron Man suit; you're gonna get hurt. <laughs> that might be one of the best references I've heard in a while out of you, Trap. What about what about Batman in the Batman suit? Yeah, like he, I'm sure Batman would have a couple broken ribs if Dion Lacey was just running down the field like a missile at him. But would he have all the broken ribs? <laughs> Batman could still play no matter what. Batman is rises above the darkness. But, but not until he runs into Bane, who happens to be dressed as Dion Lacey, to bring him his unbringing. <laughs> Those are some great impressions. I uh, I said that if the Tiger Cats can't get C.J. Gable involved, 
they will lose. And he only got nine carries. He did have four catches. I, I don't think they should have. He should have had at least seven more touches to uh, you know really uh, get the Tiger Cats rolling in this game. But now, they, now that that is the one thing I don't understand with Hamilton this year. Yeah, when they haven't when they haven't played C.J. Gable a lot, they often don't do well. But when they play C.J. Gable a lot, they often do well. It's almost like he it's almost like he doesn't get going quickly and they decide to completely pull the plug yeah. on him and I just don't get that. But the, the, running the game or a running game in football, it's body punches, man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you're not all going to have those 8-9 yard carries right in the first half. You just wear down that defense over the course of the game. But they did get down fast and maybe that's part of it, but Kent Austin just I don't think he likes running the ball. I know Steph Patasic is uh I I guess titled the offensive coordinator in Hamilton, but they they just don't like running it all that much. And I I I don't get why, and I I really don't quite understand it because when they run the ball, they have success. And let's face it, in Canada, you got so much time to work with that you know what, like you can go right, you can go right ahead and and run the ball even when you're down. And I don't get why teams uh, don't do it more often. Yeah, John White had twenty carries, hundred and sixty yards, and he looked uh, unbelievable in that game. But the highlight of this game makes me so happy. Have you heard a crowd get that loud for a rouge in your life? Man, I made I made a TV <laughs> appearance this morning to break down this game, and that's exactly what I said. I was so jacked up. But let's face it. What's everybody? You know what? The thing that happened right after that rouge and, and good I on know. you, Hamilton, it looked like, was it a late hit on Zach Caleros? Travis, what do you think? I thought, here's what I think. I thought it was a step late. I didn't yes. think he hit him in the head. Here's what I think. If they threw the flag, they wouldn't overturn it, and but they they didn't throw it, and they can't overturn I, I just thought it was one of those things where it was such a borderline call that you yep. can't overturn the call on the field. Well, and our friend Derek Taylor put out uh, some comparables on, on Twitter. You're right. The hit absolutely was late. But I think it was such a bang-bang play, and I would agree with that assessment there from you, Trav, that, yeah, it was one of those spots where if 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 they challenged it, if they called it, and then, you know, Edmonton challenged it, if Jason Moss decided to challenge it, it never would have been overturned. It just, it was a bang-bang play, and it just, like I've said on this pod before, and I've said so many times, if you're putting it in the hands of the referee for one play, you didn't play well enough to win the game. And Hamilton... You put yourself down in an 18-3 to hole, you're probably not going to win a game, although they gave it a hell of a try yeah. to try to rally back. So was it late? Yes. Should it, it have been it looked like It looked like Caleros was going to run. And uh, well, and uh, that's and that's the problem is he's up he's up near that line yeah. of scrimmage where it looks like he can take off where it would be legal. So Odell was going in for the hit, and he didn't hit his head. I, I don't think he hit his head. And I thought Odell slowed up a bit. Yeah, he he could have. Oh, the head, I mean, the head certainly wasn't the principal point of contact. It, later, if you take away the timing of it, it was a clean legal hit. Yeah, you know, it's just the timing could make it potentially dirty, and I don't think it was so egregiously late that people should be going absolutely bananas over it. I mean, what you should be going bananas over is the fact that you know what? Okay, there was a holding call, but then your quarterback goes out, and and to me, the holding call was more egregious than than the non call. And that seems to be the point of discussion today. Uh, on that holding call, 
I know it didn't look like a hold to me. I thought it was good form. But on the same note, you know, it's not like Caleros was hit in the head and, and concussed and Jeremiah Mazzoli had to come in. You know, he was hit. He was hit good. And that's going to happen. A quarterback's going to get hit good. What people should be talking about is the mistake he made, that being his only interception of the game, and that set up Edmondson for the game-winning field goal. Yeah, he had all the time on that throw. And, I mean, even if it's an incomplete pass, I mean, they could have punted it 70 yards and had Edmonton have to actually work to get into field goal range. So And, and into the wind, too. Yeah. that... I mean, you don't score a kickoff on a rouge without some significant wind. But all in all, really impressed with Hamilton in the game. They were able to limit both the Darius Bowman and Darrell Walker to under 50 yards. Their leading receiver had was a Bowman with 44 yards. Cleshawn Page has his first ever start at cornerback, and it looked like he belonged there all season. Yep. Oh, yeah, and it was... They did such a great job in that game, and especially, too, you look like if you told me that they'd take away the Edmonton passing offense like that and still lose, I'd be surprised. That's a testament to how good John White was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Heck of a game there. Uh, uh, cool to see it come down, you know, to the last seven seconds uh, of the game. It, it, it was awesome. And I knew uh, before before the West Semi happened, I said this had potential to be the game of the playoffs. Yep. The, the rest of the games have a lot to live up to. 1. million Canadians uh, on average watch this one. Uh, I feel like 15 million should have watched it because, wow, it, it was such an awesome game. Between three games between these two teams this season, six points separate the wow. two. <laughs> and, 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 and you know what? And it's funny. Going up big... And losing is just so bombers. Oh, it is. They lose 32-31, but they had a nice uh, lead at halftime. 25-6 lead. And that's where Wally comes in, though. I I mean, the the bombers, they did not make the halftime adjustments they needed to make. And when Andrew Harris, same thing. He only got 11 carries. He should have been a lot more involved in the second half. Well, to me, a big part of it was it really exposed Winnipeg for what they are. Winnipeg lived and died by the turnover because their defense just wasn't that great this year. I mean, you look at the yardage they were giving up per game, the points they were giving up per game. Yeah, they had all the ball hawking and stuff, but they just couldn't get it done, and you just saw that in that second half. The adjustments were made. They ran the ball down the Bombers' throat, and uh, you know what? I think Mike O'Shea's decision at the end of the game – might be the single dumbest coaching call of the year. He had three choices there to go for it. I, I thought uh, I thought they had a better chance of punting for the Ruse than trying to kick that for a 61-yard field goal. Well, especially, especially when Justin Medlock told Bob Irving and Doug Brown on, on CJOB, the home radio broadcast, they asked him, Justin, what's your range today? He said it's 57 yards. And did you know, even though you think, oh, it's indoors, it must be perfect conditions. Apparently it's harder to kick indoors. No kicker has ever made a 60-plus yard field goal indoors in the history of the league. Yeah, I mean, uh, those those long field goals, they come outside with the wind. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. And on, to- on top of that, 
the minute, if I was Mike O'Shea, the minute that my kicker felt, who hasn't used a tee the whole year, that he needed to use a tee to try to launch this one, he's doing something different, I would have called timeout, and I would have went for him. I mean, realistically, Matt Nichols was 26 of 40, 390 yards. You have one of the best running backs in the game, averaging five and a half yards a carry during that game, and you don't trust either of them to get you four yards. He completed eight of his past nine passes. He was obviously in the zone. I mean, Dressler was having a great game. There's so many things that Winnipeg offense can do, especially if you tell that Winnipeg offense with Dressler and Smith and Darvin Adams and, and, and Andrew Harris, you tell them you only need to get four yards, that's easy for that Winnipeg offense. That's what they specialize in. And it just the fact that he didn't go for it. Now, you know what? I don't think anybody would have blamed him. I mean, if he goes for it and doesn't get it, there's not a single person that, to me, questions that decision. Well, and I actually thought Anthony Gator uh, for BC and Chandler Fenner were having a pretty rough game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> make them make the play to win the game. And this is why you signed Dressler and Smith in the offseason, to have those uh, receivers that you can rely on. And uh, it, was it was a bizarre it was decision. the single dumbest coaching decision of the year. Could they have punted it into the end zone? I don't think you try that. Because it was too far. It was too far. It was too far, and then the only way you're you're punting that into the end zone is if you can punt it through the end zone. And I don't think Medlock has a, an, a what would have been an 80-yard punt in him. Yeah. I mean, Bomber fans are going to be arguing about this all the way until July. Man. Well, and that's it. And, and that's it. Because the thing is, if you try to punt it in the end zone, you're then depending on your cover team to get down and get one of the best returners in the CFL in Rainey and get him in a hurry. Because to me, that ball maybe ends up, even with the best punt of his career, you're looking at maybe, oh, geez, Rainey starting at five yards in the end zone, and you give Rainey five yards, he's probably going to get it out. Yeah, we're we're all emotional here uh, after these games. So I don't think O'Shea should be fired. Uh, oh, he won't that. be fired. He turned around that team. He's he's him and Kyle Walters turned around that team. He made a dumb decision. Yeah, and 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 I don't know if it was his decision, if it was Paul Lapolis or whoever made that call. But I mean, you know what? There's some good pieces now in Winnipeg. There's actually some hope for the future. I just think that defense has got to get a lot better. Yeah, his first playoff game as a head coach. So I mean, you got to start somewhere. They only yeah. lost by one point in BC Place, who had less than twenty thousand fans in there, but they were loud, man. They were making a ton of noise. But I mean, how are you getting under twenty thousand? See, that's the thing. Everybody talks about you know the problem that is Toronto, Toronto, Toronto. You know, everybody's worried about the Argos and are they going to move and blah blah blah. But BC is quietly just as bad. I mean. To me, they're not getting fans. They're getting outdrawn by Major League Soccer, who, by all accounts, and this actually, you know, when I was taking another shot at Major League Soccer, John Cullen, he's a curler and a comedian and an all-around great guy, offered, he said, hey, if you're ever in Vancouver, I've got seasons, I'll take you to an MLS game because the atmosphere is unbelievable. And the BC Lions should be showing what they did on Sunday, saying, like, listen to our atmosphere and building off of that. And for whatever reason, they're not able to do that. I don't know how they had 7,000 less fans than the game against Saskatchewan, uh, the last game of the year. I, I don't think that th- there was no, there wasn't 7,000 Ryder fans in the stands, was there? There might have been. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I really don't think there was. I don't care for the playoffs. 
Who cares, man? Buy your coffee at Tim. They did this for the Ryder game. Any sandwich or wrap you buy in downtown Vancouver at Tim Hortons, you get tickets to go see the Riders play the Lions. Do that for the playoffs. They'll get in there. They'll buy a beer. Maybe they'll buy a T-shirt. At least you get some sort of money. Well, at least you get people coming back for the... You know, for the added revenue, you show somebody a good time, they're probably going to come back even if you had to. And that's the thing. Like you have two ways of thinking when it comes to pro sports teams. One is paper the house and make sure people get in and have a great time. And the other is, oh, make sure we get the blood from the stone from every single ticket we sell. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that seems to be the Braley way. And I hope it's not too late. I hope we're not, you know, talking about new ownership in in Vancouver. And I hope we're not talking about, you know, the continued struggles kind of like we have been recently with the Argonauts. Like, what do they have to do? Like, do they have to put a Jonathan Jennings, like, uh, highlight tape in downtown Vancouver? Like, (laughs) well, from from what I hear in Vancouver, and I mean, even just following them on social media and following, you know, people that follow the team, like, let's face it, every other market, there's four or five guys who you can trust to exclusively cover the team. Everybody I've spoken to in Vancouver, friends of mine in Vancouver and out on, on Victoria Island, you know, they've all told me they're essentially invisible. Right, which is which is remarkable, and then too, you also have you know a lot of the a lot of kids, and I think this is an underrated fact. A lot of kids are growing up, and a lot of high schools play four down football in there. Yeah, because BC, there's the Rocky Mountains block travel, man. Yeah, Uh. (laughs) and and they do, and and so a lot of these schools play American either collegiate or high school football. I mean, the UBC Thunderbirds are the only ones who play CIS ball and play under the Canadian rules, and and of course they're based in Vancouver. So to me, you have kids growing up playing a four-down game, trying to break into the NCAA and subsequently the NFL, and your CFL team is absolutely struggling. I think you need to you need to just do a better job of marketing, not just to you know, not just to to the city, but to the whole province. But they're completely invisible. Yeah, it, it's sad. I mean, they got Manny Arsenault, Brian Burnham, uh, you know, Jonathan Jennings, and then the defense, Big Hill and Ella Mimian. I mean. I would be happy to have all those guys on oh, my I'd, team. I'd, and... I'd be happy. If I lived in Vancouver, I'd be buying season tickets tomorrow. Oh, yeah. You can buy tickets, season tickets there for just over 700 bucks on the 50, about 30 yards off of the uh, field, so or 30 rows. So, I, I mean, <laughs> it, it's a good deal. Uh, that might not even get you into a Canucks game for two tickets in the lower bowl. So, uh, <laughs> no, it's, I don't get it. Well... Well, it's pretty close. I remember sitting in the lower bowl in the corner of a Canucks game. I think it was about 150 or 160 a ticket. So, yeah, I, I, I've seen a game in Edmonton, uh, the Arizona Coyotes. It was a Sunday afternoon. The face value on the ticket, three hundred and five dollars. It wow. had the atmosphere of a bonanza on a Tuesday night, man. And I love bonanza, but come <laughs> on. <laughs> I'm I'm more of a Smiley's Buffet kind of guy. <laughs> well, let's get a Brazilian tie on and see what kind of buffet he prefers. And now I bring on Brazilian tie for getting wax. And first off, Brazilian tie, are you fat because you go to Bonanza too much? Roy doesn't even have a Bonanza anymore, so it's basically Carl. It's basically Carl's Jr. now. <laughs> well, no, they have a Chinese restaurant in the, the old Bonanza in Lloyd. Yeah, but it's awful. No, oh, it's good. Any Chinese restaurant's good. Nope, that's a lie. Because there's there's the uh, Chinese food place that is 
Star used to be yep. upstairs yep. at Ezzy's, yep. and it yep. is a million times better. Oh, no, it is. I got to say, there's that's why whenever we went drinking in Ezzy's, which is, of course, is a bar in Lloydminster, I always used to say we're going to go party in the basement of a Chinese restaurant. It was unbelievable. The worst Chinese restaurant in Lloyd is in the mall. No, Wu's oh, Kitchen. No, Wu's Kitchen's good. The the, uh, <laughs> the okay, Wu's Wu's Kitchen is way better than Shiny Beef in the mall. Okay, the best the best Chinese in Lloyd Minster is Shangri La downtown. End of discussion. Yes, yeah, I, mostly, can, I can agree with that. Okay, mostly there we because go. you 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 almost get stabbed three times while you're picking up your order. I'm a Chinese food aficionado, man. If you ever come to Red Deer Jackpot Casino, Lucky's Kitchen in there, do it. <laughs> this this is yeah, actually really going to go. I'm really going to eat Chinese food at a casino. Yes, it's I don't have a, trust I'm not a degenerate me. gambler or anything. I just no, that's up. that's fair. You should probably we we need to find. See, I'm too broke and too cheap to gamble that much, <laughs> so I'm totally in for that mandate trap. Okay, awesome. We will eat Chinese while Tyrell gambles and wins us money, or loses all his money, and then we have to bum a ride home with a stranger, and then one of us definitely ends up getting deliverance. <laughs> <laughs> and his name is probably Tyrell. <laughs> uh, on that on that note, other than uh, who the future unnamed assailant that's going to deliverance us, um, <laughs> who are you waxing this week, Brazilian Ty? Zach Kalaros. What? And wh- why is that? <laughs> you just uh, said that just to make one, me mad. One bad decision. It, but but he made so many good decisions. Tyrell, I mean, Tyrell, how many bad decisions have you made this past weekend? Oh. Just this weekend? <laughs> yes, that that that's how confident I am that you've made worse decisions than Zach Caleros. Don't turn this around on me. <laughs> I don't know. I think your segment. I, I think when you're getting waxed is weak and it is stands without legs, we're allowed to challenge you on it. I mean, hell, you can challenge anything in the CFL these days. You can challenge if the hot dog vendors selling mustard properly. Yeah, uh, yeah I threw the challenge <laughs> threw flag the on this coverage in the middle of the field. From his own one yard line. That's first, good enough for me. First of all, it was triple coverage. And, uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. I was watching on my iPad. I couldn't find the third guy. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, of course, you know what they say. A guy can build bridges his whole career. <laughs> no one's going to call him a bridge builder. And nobody's going to call him a bridge builder if he only, and I'm just going to let that hang. Let that breathe. If you if you want if you want to hear the end of that, you can DM me and I'll tell you the end of that joke. I I also hate Kent Austin with a passion, so watching him lose was really awesome. And then just being able to rub it in a little, watching Kolaros throw a pick to end the game was pretty sweet too. So to quote my inner Ilya Brzezgalov, why you have to be mad about Austin? Yeah. <laughs> Because he's a degenerate. You, why do you hate my man crush, Zach Caleros? I don't hate Zach Caleros. I just hate his coach. <laughs> and he just thinks he made a poor decision, which Ty has never made a poor decision, apparently. Well, no, I made a good decision on Friday night. What? Everybody what? wanted to go out to the bar, and I only had one more drink, and then I went home. What? No, yep. this podcast yep. is ending right here. No, 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 wait. Weren't you, like, horrifically sick? Yep. Well, it doesn't count, then. Wednesday, I was the top performer at Kay's birthday party. That, that's, that's you won the Golden Lampshade Award uh, for your roommate's birthday? You were a top performer at a birthday? What does this mean? Uh, <laughs> it means he did... From, uh, 
I had some hot takes on some political figures. Oh. Are you and, playing uh, Jeopardy or something? I'm confused, man. No, it's just I, I had a few opinions and I let everybody know about them. <laughs> and 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 we're not and we're not gonna get <laughs> Oh, oh God. no. Oh no. I'm Here just I thought you were gonna say something this. fun like I was I was gonna say you you did something fun like got drunk enough that you hit yourself in the face with a national championship trophy and gave yourself a cut and a, and a shiner. <laughs> That's five minutes. <laughs> That's just me, Ty. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> All right, talk to you boys next week. It's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at Two and Out CFL. All right, in my you know what? what I just realized what I just realized, Travis. What? 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 We've done the entire second season of Two and Out, and we've never once asked people to make their picks in a poll on Twitter or Facebook. You're right. You're right. I've been totally. We, we really that <laughs> up this year, didn't we? Well, I asked about the playoffs on uh, Facebook and Twitter on Sunday. Uh, I was way too hungover to notice. So I, I did ask about that. So I, I did but I, my but job. But I, I feel like you should put up polls because people don't like answering things anymore. They've gotten lazy. Yeah. They just like to click and point. Yeah, you're totally right. Anytime I put up a poll, there's like 700 votes. But if I ask a Twitter on our question, nobody answers. See, see more polls, and that's what we did wrong. And it's taken us until the now. division semifinals to notice. And if that doesn't summarize the way you and I run our lives, nothing does. <laughs> now, here's my goal. I'm announcing this right now by Grey Cup 2018. Okay. I want that little splitter not to say two overweight Canadian podcasters anymore. It'll say one because I'm. <laughs> Uh, that's why I said 2018. Next November, that's too ambitious. Wow, you, so you're you're gonna do it? So you're putting it out? So like I've failed so many times that I don't announce it anymore. But now I can be held accountable. No, no, no. You got skinny for a while. You look good when we went to 2013 Grey Cup because I remember saying constantly to you, "Hey, man, you look good." And then, <laughs> and then, then moved I moved to Red to, Deer. Then I moved to Red Deer and lived on Taco Bell for six weeks. And then yeah, it's been that, all downhill from there. <laughs> that that will do it. All right. So so how can the two and out CFL community help you reach your goal of making sure that says an overweight Canadian podcaster and a skinny guy with a terrific beer and a <laughs> If I lose weight, won't that grow? It still won't be that big, Trav. <laughs> So what can the community do to help you? I don't know. I have no idea. If can you we see just me like, at an can... Eskimo game with a slice of pizza, just kick me in the <laughs> or something. Or what if what if what if people started DMing you once in a while, just be like, "Hey, Tubby." Hey, the, no, remember the I last mean, time? Remember I mean... the last time you called me uh, a fat <laughs> and I punched you in the head? You punched me clean in the temple. <laughs> mean though i've known lots of guys and i'm not saying you're tubby i'm not suggesting that but i know lots of guys who has a motivational technique have a friend have somebody just send them a quick message and be in like there was a guy in scotland i think lost 200 pounds because his best friend all he did was every once a day he texted him he's like hey tubby 
That's all he did. And you know what it was? It reminded him that day to not overeat, to go work out, to do everything, to just, you know, so his friend was wrong. Interesting. And he did it out of love. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that, you know, people should come on here and, 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 and fat shame you, but, uh, you know, a little <laughs> nudge in the right direction. You know, maybe not DM Travis and say, hey, Tubby, but, I mean, DM <laughs> Travis and say, you get off your lazy ass today? Just say, I believe in you. I prefer you. Did, did you get off your lazy ass? Today? I prefer you be nice, unlike John the, over here. It is true. We actually hate each other off the podcast, and this is why. Well, let's talk about the East. Oh, okay, final. okay, okay. For you, for you, Travis. I won't be an ass, and I will. I will text you randomly and say I believe in you. Okay, that works for me. But once in a while, it's going to be a picture. <laughs> So many angry elks this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even angry. That's the impressive part. Oh, elks then. Uh, <laughs> Sunday <Thank> morning. <laughs> okay, okay to, to tighten this up after this goes completely off the rails, I pledge to give you three word picks. Okay. <laughs> uh, Ottawa. Home to the Edmonton Eskimos for the East Final on Sunday. No crossover team has ever made the Grey Cup. Who are you going with? All-West Cup. All-West Cup, eh? I told you three words, man. I, I told you three words. If you want me to believe in you, you got to stick to the three words. <laughs> okay, I'm going with the song that you requested for the Edmonton Eskimos. Wait, 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 wait. What, what, what? Wait. What? I requested the fight song, not whatever holy flaming piece of garbage that is. This is the fight song. Didn't you hear that? They, the Edmonton they are butchering the fight song worse than I have done at any single point in the history of this podcast. That is like taking, that is like finding the 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 the, the, the fight song, walking down the street, punching it in the back of the knee, kicking it in the ribs, and pooping all over it and leaving it for dead. If you ever play that again, I will light you on fire. I feel like if the Eskimos can't put together a full 60 minutes against Ottawa like they couldn't do against Hamilton, they will lose. I am going for old Hank Burris. One more final hurrah in Ottawa. All right, West Final, Calgary, BC. I don't think the Stampeders have had a game yet in 2016. Uh, <laughs> who wins? Wally. Oh, no. The Godfather. Yeah, he's going to go out and here's what's going to happen. The thing is, on the day of Wally's wedding, you can see that Bull Levi Mitchell and the Calgary Stampeders have not played in a very, very, very long time. So in that time, they've gotten rusty, they've gotten complacent, and the Godfather's figured them out. The Godfather's going to run Jonathan Jennings up the middle so many times their heads are going to spin. 
and the Godfather will say on this, the day of my daughter's wedding, that I'm going to win. And I just hope now that after this terrible Marlon Brando impression, <laughs> that Levi Mitchell doesn't look me up on Twitter and say, Yo, John, you're wrong. But at the same time, it'd be kind of cool to be called up by Bo Levi Mitchell. <laughs> and if I am called up by Bo Levi Mitchell, I will graciously apologize to Mr. Mitchell on this the day of my daughter's wedding. Because <laughs> Bo Levi Mitchell seems like a pretty straight-up guy. Uh, these teams have met six times in the franchise history in the Western Final. Both teams have won three games. Dave Dickinson used to play for Wally Buono. So uh, is it kind of like the master is against the apprentice? I'm going with the master. Ooh, so we both are. Are we both picking the upset? Yeah, we're picking. I'm going with the upset, man. So that means sole decision. Nothing like some soul decision to finish off a podcast that once again bordered on the very most of fringes of ridiculousness. My last question of the day. Will you be here next week before the Grey Cup? I really don't have a reason not to be anymore because I've taken a national championship trophy square in the eye, which means... <laughs> Workers' the season, Cup! Season was over and... Hey, that's a great idea. Do you season's think over and it was a success. <laughs> Do you think they'll pay you in donuts? Um, this is why we're still going to be a podcast with one overweight Canadian podcast. <laughs> that does it. Episode 61 of the Two and Out CFL podcast. Enjoy the football this Sunday and Saturday. The U Sports games, the Mitchell and UTech Bulls happening there as well on Sportsnet 360. Fraser and Cura, it's the Two and Out CFL podcast. Like us on Facebook and Twitter, Two and Out CFL. We'll be back next week.